This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. There is just one big story uh, that we are following at the moment. It is that Newcastle takeover. It's got something uh, of a regional flavour as well. It's been a long time in the making, uh, but we found out in the last 48 hours that the deal is signed, sealed and delivered. Uh, The Premier League approving it. And cue every single media outlet around the world uh, going to their little black book and looking for former Newcastle players. And that's thrown up some interesting interviews. Don't know how many of you saw this one. Shay Given giving his thoughts, <laughs> along with a little help from his friends. Well, obviously the financial fair play that Amanda just mentioned as well, they have mm. to take that into consideration, of course. Um, but, you know, I think the fans would love to see a few big signings in January. Um, every football fan would, of course, and, and, and maybe a statement. I remember Man City signed Robinho, was one of their big sort of first signings. 33 million. Go on! <laughs> Sorry. My son's just come in there wrecking the, wrecking the new, but he was he was born in Newcastle, so he's got his Newcastle top back on and uh, celebrate the, celebrating the takeover. He was born in the RVA, which is a stone's throw since James's Park, so he's uh, he's badly excited, but his attitude's probably similar to all the fans in Newcastle tonight. They're just, just excited and, and, and happy that it's gone through now because I think, as Amanda said, it's been a long process and maybe other owners would have walked away from the deal because... They've had so many hurdles to get over, you know. So it's just it's just a relief, I think, to everyone connected to the club that that actually the deal's gone through and and the fans can dream again and and it's exciting times. What are these words, Chris? Relief, optimism, happiness, all of them, hope. All, all of them. This is Newcastle we're talking about. Exactly, and these all these emotions are, are kind of new for I say new new for a generation. You go back to when I was a young boy, as I say, the great entertainers of the 1990s. Sir Bobby Robson, little Renaissance there. When your Boyers, your Dyers, your Geniuses, your Bellamy's, for goodness sake. But now Newcastle, the fans have their club back again, and it's exciting. And I'm sure the next guest that we've got live on the line, he'll be like them because he's a fan through and through. He's cock a hoop. He's probably not been stopping doing his uh, roly polies and his cartwheels because he'll be just as delighted as the next man, I'm sure. Exactly that. Coming up a little later on, uh, an ex-chairman, no, not that one, uh, but uh, the ex-chairman of the Supporters Club here will be joining us. But before that, as teased by Chris McCarty, a man who bleeds Newcastle, gave well over 200 uh, caps for the club as well, led it with distinction throughout part of his illustrious career, which has seen him play the game uh, around the globe. Good to say that he's back here in the UAE as well. But his true home is, of course, Newcastle. My dad, who would take me to every uh, Newcastle home game, and he forked out a lot of money to have my name on the, on the seat. So for me, it was a big thing. Everybody eats, sleeps, drinks football there. Obviously, walk out in front of 52,000 fans is every young Geordie kid's dream. So for me to, to do that, and still to this day, live my dream. He set himself for a shot and scored splendidly. Well, in the end, they did it the hard way when it looked as though there was an easier route to goal. all about playing the Premier League, playing the UEFA Cup, uh, Cup games, big occasions, big nights in front of millions on TV. That's what you, you dream about doing. And uh, at 17, I got my chance and uh, yeah, I made sure I cleaned my shirt and uh, never give it away. You score goals for the Portland Timbers uh, and of course, plenty most recently for the Wellington Phoenix, where again, he's revered on the in the stadiums down there. Beautiful turn on that, it's three, Stephen Taylor his first goal for Wellington Phoenix and the Knicks could be out of sight here before half time Stephen Taylor just standing his ground 
He's so, so strong, isn't he? The Englishman <laughs> just, <laughs> just does a little roar out of the crowd. Roars as well. But, uh, of course, the goals that he most relish are those in front and for his beloved Newcastle. Where, of course, they still sing his name. There is only one Stevie Taylor, and he joins us live on the line now. Welcome to the show, Stevie. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to have you on board uh, and great to have uh, your thoughts, uh, a former Newcastle legend in your own right. I mean, not a surprise, the takeover. Surprised by the speed at the finality of the signing of that deal? Yeah, listen, I think it's long overdue. I think from, uh, especially my time at Newcastle, uh, the frustration from the fans over the years, you can see the amount of uh, managers that Mike Ashley had gone through and it was... You know, a lot of frustration, I think, with the fans. You know, we only had a few good years of the, uh, the European nights, um, but he's come and I think he wanted to do it to obviously Sports Direct. It was looking at it as a business point of view and he didn't run it where the fans were having that kind of hope and belief to get them European nights and success for the football club. You know, it is a sleeping giant and it's just something that needs to take off with the right backing. And hopefully now it's going to be uh, something special. Listen, it might take a few years to get things... Uh, in place, but I just hope it doesn't take as uh, as long to do with Manchester City. I remember when the owners came in there, they spent a lot of money. I just don't want it to be a wasted one where you're paying over the odds for players um, who aren't that fully committed. You know, I've been involved with the, uh, Newcastle. I've been involved with Newcastle with some top names over the years. The, the, the year we went down first time, you know, sometimes it doesn't always uh, work out. So you've got to make sure it's the right signings. You know, I just hope that something's. Uh, Something's in play, good. Tails, um, it's Brownie. How are you doing? Yeah, good, Brownie. Good, mate. Um, in terms, we were talking earlier about the investment into the club, you know, away from the big money signings and what have you. Where do you see, I mean, with the training ground we were talking about in the community, What? how long do you think that will take? Because, you know, the academy, when it goes up against Middlesbrough, I suppose, at the moment is, you know, Middlesbrough are probably seen as the, you know, the best academy in the northeast at the moment, aren't they? Brownie, if you came and you've seen as the fans could see the uh, the training ground, now, that was there, I think, all the way back when I first started. I left school at, what, 16 years old, went into the uh, the first team setup, and they were talking about getting the, um, you know, the, the brand new uh, state-of-the-art training facility. Mike Ashley had all the drones. He said, we're going to do it a few years later. It never happened. You know, for me, the club was uh, lacking. It's just the professional side of things. You know, the training ground was just kind of like, it was haggard more like a barn conversion. And I think from now, the players are going to have uh, top facilities. I'm sure with the back in there now, run properly. Um, and I, I just really hope that they get the signings I think the fans want. And it's like when I was coming through the ranks, you know, you always kind of excited, especially with your dad going to games and you're going to see which big name players you're going to be linked to. I hope it's going to be the big name that the fans deserve to see again and give them that kind of excitement. Stephen, give me your thoughts, if you can, on Steve Bruce, because obviously takeover now complete. A lot of talk will now centre on the manager and whether he's got a future. I think not, but I want to get your thoughts because I've seen a post today on social media. He's been quoted, has Steve, to say, listen, 
I'm a human being at the end of the day and some of the vitriol that I've had to contend with, he's actually come out to say I'm actually glad that my mum and dad are not alive today to see some of the stuff because it would hurt them a great deal. Sympathy on that front uh, and give me your thoughts on Steve as a man and, and his future at the football club. Yeah, massively sympathy, I think, for uh, what he's had to go through. Um, it's been a difficult time, but you've got to remember, you know, with Mike Ashley uh, backing him, I think he's had his hands uh, tied. You've got to ask the question, did he have the choice to go and get who he wanted? You know, who was who was the guy who kind of got the uh, the players in? Because even when I was there, you know, decisions were getting made upstairs, which were very questionable. But he's um, he, he seems frustrated, I think, for the job that he's done. Um, he's done well with his hands tied to be fair so do the fans want him that's another thing now I think um, they're going to see with this new ownership they're going to want a big big name in management I think that's the only way the fans are going to be uh, excited and happy but uh, I do think that will happen yeah, I'm with you on that. I think it's only a matter of time. I hate to say it. And listen, Steve, I'm sure he's a, he's a good man. Newcastle fans, though, they pay their good money. You well know they're a demanding lot. They just want good football. They want to be seeing football played the right way. And unfortunately, as you say, Steve's had his hands tied. Performances on the pitch haven't exactly helped him. So the focus then turns. And again, I appreciate Steve's not out of job yet, Steve. But managers when it comes to men who could come in to that job I know today I'm, I'm reading Brendan Rogers wouldn't be averse to the job I'm hearing links to Stephen Gerrard we had Lee Clark on my show on Thursday night former Newcastle midfielder he put name, the, the name forward of Roberto Mancini why because he's been over the road before similarly with Man City any of those names stand out to you or do you have another name that you think he's my man to lead this Newcastle United 2.0 moving forward I think the list is obviously going to grow in the next uh, week, two weeks. You're going to see that grow. It's going to be exciting for any manager now. You see the backing that you're going to get from, especially the ownership. It's going to be done properly now. You know, beforehand, you know, I think any manager who's going to try and get stuffed into the uh, the hot seat, you're going to have your hands tied. It's simple as that. That's how Mike Ashley operated in, in the board as well. Um, you know, you just got to kind of deal with that. I remember when Steve McLaren was manager. Um, you know, he didn't have any real say on on signings, you just had a team that you had to put on the pitch and deal with it. Um, now I'm sure Newcastle will get the good times back and the fans just want excitement football. You know, you look at the Kevin Keegan days, you know, the Newcastle fans don't mind if he's going to lose with uh, having a goal and uh, for me, you've got to get them exciting times back. You know, I guess St. James uh, Park bouncing, which I'm sure it's going to be, uh, the ownership's got everybody uh, excited again. Like we've talked upon it before, the hope is back. And it's something that's been missing for for years. You know, I can't remember the last time where you really felt Newcastle was, uh, you know, something special. And like the, the Bobby Robson era, the Kevin Keegan era, you need them good times back. Brendan Rogers, Stephen Gerrard, are they the kind of coaches? I'm a big fan. I've said it before. Massive fan of the work that Brendan Rogers has done. Whatever he's gone, Stevie Gerrard. I mean, are they the kind of names that you'd be happy and content with? Yeah, I think there's, there's still, like I said before, there's going to be many more to follow with them very good names and listen, we're going to get the backing and I just hope that uh, you know, we'll get some top signings to uh, start off in January so that will be the uh, the next one for us and hopefully we keep the likes of uh, St Maximum um, yeah, listen it could be exciting times ahead but this year I wouldn't be uh, you know demanding too much I think just making sure we get through the season fine and then next season we can build and hopefully build a, a top squad Stephen you've um, you've just just obviously Come and finished over in uh, New Zealand, um, into Dubai, and I know you're uh, you're you're here now for uh, for some time. 
Um, so you'll be you'll be uh, part of the 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 supporters group were you out here the ambassador for it the um I know yeah, gonna... I'm, I'm waiting for the phone call I'm still waiting I'm just the number, so maybe I have to tell them Brownie but no 100% it's great to see the Castle fans out here you know I've seen them so many times every time I'm here um, yeah listen I hopefully uh, stay involved I'm going to go back uh, to Newcastle end of the month just for a week uh, but a night there um, a legends night so it's going to be good to interact and hopefully see the new ownership um and just uh, yeah, it'd be good to ask a few questions as well. See the, uh, the way they're thinking. And and how you um how are you looking to spend your retirement now, mate? What what are you looking to do? This is like a new chapter for me, Brownie. It's going to be good. I've literally had a few weeks just uh, relax, and uh, for me now is getting uh, back into the coaching side of things and uh, working with players on a day to day basis. So that for me is something that excites me. Being around the football is uh, what I want to continue to do. Um, so. Yeah, we're going to be based out here in Dubai now. So I think the uh, the weather's not too bad, so I can't complain with that. So, Steve, I guess the message there is if Newcastle came calling, and I know they're going to do a bit of, a, I'm sure, a recruitment drive, if they phoned you to say, hey, listen, Steve, want you back, the academy needs a bit of work, would that intrigue you, or is Dubai now home for the foreseeable? Yeah, listen, for me now at the moment, Dubai is where I want to be. Um, but, yeah, listen, the academy is something that we'll always look at. But at the moment, I'm happy uh, to be here and, and want to be setting things up out here. So, uh, yeah, I'm very happy where I am. Good stuff, Steve. Steve, quick one for all our Newcastle fans out there. Got a number of them uh, texting in at the moment. Too many uh, questions to to put to you this hour. But for a man who who gave so much uh, to the cause, to the Newcastle cause from 2003 to 2016, uh, over 200 appearances. As I said, the goals going in as well, and those legendary performances. A, a, a period of change for Newcastle as well. If you had to pick one, and I'm sure you get this asked this time and time again, but again at the moment, everyone calling for a marquee player, a game changer to come into Newcastle with the new owners. Who was that one player for you during your playing career that you had the opportunity, the privilege to play with who could literally change a game? I think that the year where we finished fifth, I think we look at Hatam Ben Arthur, you know, that kind of player. I think with you give him the ball and from the halfway line, he's done it twice, gone through, scored a goal. He's a a special talent, and I think that's what Newcastle need, that sort of uh, calibre of player that gets the Newcastle fans, you know, on the edge of the seats. The Johan Kabai, the, the, the ability that he had, the Denver Bar type of quality player that, you know, you just believe he's going to score in every single game. You know, we went in every game, believe him. We, were, we had a chance to, uh, chance for the title that year. I think we were top was it up until the uh, start of December. Um we had a few injuries, and then we dropped off a bit. And then uh, for me, that was a, that was the year where I thought Newcastle should have invested instead of letting the uh, the top players leave. I think three or four of them left, and that's when the, the club struggles. I think this is I hope they don't make the mistake now. Is you've got to keep your best players, and you've got to uh, you got to invest and make it a better squad. And I was hoping now this next two or three year plan that they've got in place is going to be something that is going to get every uh, Newcastle uh, fan on the edge of the seats and wetting the lips. Well, the good news is, Stephen, that Ben Arfa is 30, he may be 34 now, but he's actually unattached. He's free. He left Bordeaux at the back end of last year. So, Newcastle, if you're listening, first signing, you heard it here first, get Hatton Ben Arfa back to the two, please. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> what, what about the importance as well, Stephen? Because, I mean, 
to my mind, uh, Newcastle, one of those very, I mean, all football teams are proud and all fans are proud, but none fewer prouder than Newcastle and Newcastle fans. And they've always loved their own. And there's always been that nice balance mm. between big international stars and big international names who've made an impact. But the homegrown lads that have also made an impact and made legendary status for their team. Is there is there anyone coming through the ranks that you know of at the moment they can pin the colours to? Or again, is that something that needs to be done through the academy system? Personally, I think it needs to be done. I think they need to strip back and um, they've got to get back. I think they've done it very cheaply in the past few years. It's not like what it used to be back in the day. I think... Uh, you know, has Mike actually had a real good think and real good plan in place? I don't particularly think so. Um, I hope now we can get looked at, and um, it's got to be something that you know you got to start creating that young talent in the northeast. And the Newcastle fans love it when they see a local lad coming through the ranks. Um, you know, it's special for the city. So hopefully, we can start getting back to that, and it'd be great to see. Last one from me. Um, I mean, you gave your all for Newcastle. Obviously, everyone's talking all things Newcastle as well. But we also touched on the fact that uh, towards the end of the career, you went off and took on new challenges elsewhere, no more so than over in America. Uh, Wellington, as we mentioned there, in the A-League and India as well, recently as well. Is that something that you'd encourage other players to do as well? Did you find it um, enlightening what you learned out there on the road? Well, for me, honestly, it was like I came at the back end of my career in Newcastle and it was going to be either you play week, week in, week out. You might play, you might not play. And I was, I was a greedy. I wanted to play every single game. That's one of the reasons why I went to Portland Timbers. Signed a two-and-a-half-year deal out there. Um, played half a season and thought, I've still got more in my tank here. So I left um, a two-year deal in uh, Portland to come back to play for Ipswich. I got an injury, um, and what I had to do there was just take a step back. You know, I had my tail between my legs at first, thinking, bloody hell, no one, no one wants us because of the more injuries I had there. And I literally just uh, went to Peterborough, played 52 games, and all them people that were saying, no, 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 you can't play two games a week, was all like, oh, we'll, we'll definitely take it now. And for me, it was principles. And I went to where uh, Wellington, you know, they showed me the love. Um, went out there, four years out there, obviously went with the India stint as well because of COVID. I've had six quarantines, about five lockdowns, but it's all been uh, you know, an unbelievable challenge and experience. And I, I encourage every uh, player, I think, uh, especially the English lads, is opportunity goes, you've got to try, I think, new places. And you know, I haven't got a wife, I haven't got kids. So for me, it was easy to get up and go. And my priority in all my career has been football. You know, I've, I'm very fortunate to have been given the uh, chances I've had, play for my hometown club, Newcastle, live the dream there and continue to do that. And... Uh, I'm very fortunate. I think 28, 29, I had physios and doctors at Newcastle even say this. And if you get a 30, 31, but I think, uh, you know, they didn't really see the way my mindset was, is I'm going to continue to play and play week in, week out. That's what I've done at 35. So, um, yeah, I've been very fortunate, very lucky lad, but I've uh, loved every minute of it. It's been a roller coaster ride, um, but what a ride it's been there. And did you treat the Wellington fans to the Forrest Gump running man goal celebration or not? Oh, they've seen all sorts out there. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think anyone who knows my kind of character, I'm not a shy guy. So <laughs> you've got to give everything, and that's what it is. I've got that buzz. It's like a drug inside me, which uh, when I step on that pitch, you know, I don't think anybody knows what, what I'm going to get up to. So uh, it's, um, it's exciting. I, I still get that buzz. Even at 35, going on the pitch, you get the nerves before games and it's the best feeling, you know, especially when the young lads are depending on you as well. I don't want them to uh, ever like think, oh, Stephen Taylor just came here for a jolly up. I want them to remember us grafted every day in training, grafted every game, 
um, that you played in. And uh, hopefully I've uh, encouraged them to you know, have that dog mentality and hopefully uh, their mindset as well and winning mindset out there. Yeah, proper pro is what you are, Stephen. I remember you growing up as well, and that's always one thing you got from you, 100% on the football field and listening to you today, 100% off the football field as well. Bless you, my man. Thank you for taking the time. Don't no, be a stranger. I know me. you've moved over here, Steve, so best of luck. Good luck to Newcastle as well, and we'll catch you again very Thanks, soon. Keeping you updated on the latest scores and more. This is The Grill with Tom Urquhart and guests. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Lots of suggestions of potential managers. I think it's a bit unfair on old Steve Brucey at the moment, but uh, uh, the, the rumour mill has gone into overdrive at the moment. Uh, who's going to potentially take over? Jose Mourinho's been mentioned. Yeah, jo- yeah, Jose's been mentioned. That doesn't surprise me. Roberto Martinez is the bookmaker favourite. Lee Clark on Thursday said Roberto Mancini, Brendan Rogers, Stephen Gerrard, both been linked with it uh, today in the newspapers. Frank and Lampard. Frank Lampard's another one. So, listen, there's going to be a lot of names. Antonio Conte's not in a job. Zinedine Zidane's not in a job. They'll get thrown into the mix as well. Going to be a lot of speculation over that in the coming weeks, I'm sure. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what you, who you could give it to? Because gets things done. Stavely. United is an extraordinary football club. There is no other football club quite like it. And there are certainly no fans like Newcastle fans. We at PCP Capital Partners feel privileged to become custodians of this great club, led by PIF and including RB Sports and Media. We know only too well that the whole community wants a club of which it can be proud, both on the pitch and off. This announcement has been a long time coming and we appreciate the patience of the fans, the community, the players, the coaching staff and everyone who works at the club. We have followed the discussions in the fans' forums and we appreciate so much the incredible support of the fans. Now we're all focused on the future. We have faith in the long-term success of Newcastle United. We are long-term patient investors. We are in this for the long haul and we're here to invest. We don't want to make promises we can't keep. The thoughts of Amanda Stavely. Amanda Stavely there. Yeah, I still... And we'll find out from our next guest and ask Fat what he makes of it. I'm still a little, a little question mark over Amanda Stavely with 10%, the Rubin brothers with 10%, and then the PIF with 80%. This man who has lived and breathed this story for the past year and, and more, it is Neil Mitchell, who is the ex-chairman of the Newcastle United Supporters uh, Trust, a man who has been doing podcasts, has been he's been living and breathing this for the best part of 18 months. In fact, he's been living and breathing all of his life, for goodness sake. He's finally rid of Mike Ashley, and he joins us live on the line now. And Neil, we say aye aye, man, and 25 to five, how are you, fella? Wait, man, I'm fine now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would be. And uh, listen, let's start there. Amanda Stavely, I've, I've, I've always wondered that. The 80-10-10, should I be worried or am I making a mountain of a molehill over the kind of the, the structure of that little consortium? If you've ever spent time with her, and I've been lucky enough to have had a few discussions with her and the mayor dad, her husband, um, once you speak to her, once you get what the passion's about and that she gets what we're all about, I would have absolutely no concerns whatsoever. 
Okay. I think the other thing you have to look at the deal, um, including the Ruben brothers who own Newcastle Racecourse and a lot of land in Newcastle. You were talking earlier this even failure about the kind of infrastructure things we need. They're the guys who will provide the infrastructure things that we need. And the region, not just the city and not just the club, but the region is going to benefit from this with the weight of PIF behind it. And it's part of Vision 2030, which blows my mind. Um, and to understand the passion that they all seem to have for this project, and it looks like a very much a long-term project. And as you say, for me, lived and breathed every minute of this and five or six attempts to get Ashley out over the last 14 years. Um, some of which I've been on the fringes of and it's been super frustrating and it's still really just sinking in that it's actually happened. You mentioned there the 2030 vision for, for people that perhaps don't know Saudi Arabia's 2030 vision. I never actually put the two and two together, Neil, until you've just done it there. So is there a feeling among Newcastle fans, you've obviously got close links to the consortium, that this is a 10-year kind of vision that Newcastle United, well, a nine-year vision, 2021, of course, nine-year mm. vision to get Newcastle competing, not only domestic, but on the European front, we're looking at a kind of nine-year kind of window to be up there competing yeah. with the Real Madrid's Barcelona's of this world. Look, there's, there's so much to do. That, that, that Newcastle's been a ghost ship. If you look over the last 10 years, Mike Ashley's put none of his own money into the club in 10 years, and we've only had 7.5 million capex over 10 years. Well, there's League One clubs have spent more than that. Mm. You know, and, and you go to a training ground and where ice baths are paddling pools and wheelie bins, you know, it's it's as it, as Brownie was saying earlier about the academy. The academy needs so much work. It's behind Middlesbrough. It's behind Sunderland. And so there's a load of things to do behind the scenes. We're on our third interim under twenty three manager of the season already. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of shambles it is away from the first team. Mitch, quite well from me, uh, because and good to c- catch up yet again, mate. And I'm glad that you, you are mate, you are cock a hoop at the moment, and, and well, you might be too. Um, quick one, chatting to mates yesterday, and I need, actually yours and, and the lads in studios help with this one because they were talking, and I'm quite happy for them to be wrong. In fact, if they are wrong, tell me now because we can shoot them down <laughs> together. But they said, look, this might work out quite well for, and, you know, I'm taking nothing away from the pain that, that Ashley has caused over the last 14. But the fact that he hasn't spent a bean means that Newcastle are in a very, very good position in the financial fair play uh, and financial fair pay rules at the moment. And therefore have the ability to really splash the cash if they want to. Is that, is that the right understanding or not? I think I think absolutely right. We've been balance sheet, sheet champions for the last ten years. Not that that gets you anything, but in terms of FFP, because you can amortise the, the, the transfer fees over the length of the player contract. Because we have no debt, the only debt we had was to Mike Ashley, and it was non-interest bearing, and that was the money he had to put in because he relegated with twice. Um, from an FFP point of view, I think in January we can spend £190 million and still not breach FFP rules. So that's Which, huge. I mean, that's huge. Again, that's, the, the, the problem there, though, is, Neil, as you well know, who do you get in January? The top, top players, the players. And listen, when we're talking top, top players, let, let's call, let's be frank about this. There will be a, tier, a tiered approach. When people say Killing Mbappe, Harry Kane, I think that's a bit much. We need to walk before no. we can run, Correct. 
Look, it would be the most Newcastle thing in the world to do to get this takeover through, then they get relegated the same season. <laughs> Surely, right? Not. And and that's the thing. Well, that's what we've got to do. Look at the state of one the table at the minute. Look at the type of football we've been playing for you. I hear, I've heard you saying you feel sorry for Steve Bruce. I don't for a single second. You treated the fans like idiots for ages. It's some of the tripe that's come out of his mouth in the last couple of months. He's been fighting against the club. The club was saying we're not making any more signings and he's running around telling the press just before the transfer window closes that there's still an opportunity he's going to do deals. Um, I knew some of the deals were off because of, I got information that the flights had been cancelled to bring the players in and I think I seemed to know that before Bruce did. You know, and, and so um, we need somebody in first, a safe pair of hands, to guide with through this initial phase to give a platform. That's what we need is a platform for next season. In January, I don't think it'll be a... Um, it, we're not going to be going around lashing out millions and millions in January, but I think the squad needs something as well as a decent, safe pair of hands to get with to that first waypoint, as it were. And I think the consortium understand that and see that. Um, and I think it's, it's right that they haven't rushed in and done anything. I know... Again, 100% that Eddie Howe was in for talks recently, but I don't know whether that was anything to do with a consortium or a plan B from Mike Ashley in case the deal didn't go through. So, you know, there's, there's certainly things been happening behind the scenes. I know Bruce didn't return with the players on, after the match against Wolves. He was, his stuff was taken off the plane, so he didn't that what you will. Um, but that's, that's what we need to do first, is get Premier League secured for next year status that is and then then we see and I think as a fan base we're prepared to be patient because we're just the relief of the end of the Ashley era is so big and I think PCP and PIF's um, honeymoon period is going to be quite a long one uh, Mitch how are you hope you're well sorry Brownie yeah. ah, good one <laughs> yeah good to hear from you um in regards to the structure of the club, I mean, who would you like to see? Would you like to see, you know, with some of the ex-players come in? How do you see that working? I mean, the last one you mentioned about the 23s, was Chris Hogg going to uh, MK yeah. Duns, didn't he? Who doing yeah. very well. But who would you like to see come in? I think you're, you're right. That's one of the particular peculiarities about Newcastle United, and I think Stephen Taylor touched on that before, is that blend of local and international individuals and I think it would be nice to get a lot of the former players and a lot of whom have actually been alienated by the club in many ways during the Ashley years to get them involved in as many ways and different ways as we can and at different levels uh, front of the house behind the scenes that kind of thing um, but again I'd, I'd hope and I believe that there's a, a plan in place to do all of this and more and I think that that sort of bringing the regional identity and then putting that on a global stage is part of that weird thing that is Newcastle United Football Club. So what are we talking about? Joey Barton, manager, Lee Bowyer, assistant manager? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think in terms of manager, I think you'd be wanting people in place um, below the manager, maybe with that more regional link. In terms of a manager... Um, I'd rather see a proper structure. I want to see a sporting director or directing a football. I want to see which way they're going to go to lay those foundations. I would quite happily take somebody like Eddie Howe just because if, with the right structure around him, with the right sporting director, for example, there could be some excitement there. There could be some uh, a platform to build on. 
Uh, I've got no names in mind at the minute. I'm still letting it all sink in, and I'm quite happy to go with the flow and support whatever they do. Because, like I say, that they've got they're going to have a long honeymoon period. All right, Neil. I've got the list in front of me. The bookmakers' favourites. I need a yes or no with some of these names. Okay. They're, right. they're not Steve Bruce, so they're probably all yes compared to Bruce. <laughs> uh, R- Roberto Martinez, yes, no? Personally, no. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I think defensively, a bit iffy if you're in a relegation battle. The, Antonio the, Conte. The, the positive, positive with him is he knows Graham Jones well. Yeah, that's it. His longtime assistant was Graham Jones too, Roberto yeah. Martinez. Antonio Conte? Yeah, but he's already said he's not interested until we're hitting big so if you're not interested now don't be interested again mate thanks very much okay <laughs> Stephen Gerrard have him in a heartbeat would you really yes I would interesting Stevie G at St James's Park what about Brendan Rogers? yes again knows what he's doing been there done it in the Premier League, you want that. If, if it's not going to be somebody young and exciting, you need somebody who knows what the heck they're doing and what they're letting themselves in for. Frank Lampard? No, not for me. And then the one who will be king one day, Graham Potter? Graham, you know what I would? He's doing pretty great at Brighton. I know you've been one of his biggest champions over the last few years, and quite right too. Graham Potter then watch this space I've got no intel on that incidentally what about Gareth Southgate last one from me Southgate because there is a feeling that after Qatar next year he may be done and dusted former Middlesbrough manager took them down is he the answer? Uh, it depends <laughs> what the question is but it's not the question that you want of me <laughs> yeah I think that as well by the way I do it's going to be fascinating Neil just to watch how all this kind of unfolds the big though I guess is and you've said it get a manager in safe pair of hands Make sure you're a Premier League club come the end of the season, right? Absolutely. That's the that's priority right now. What about Gaza? <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be exciting if no else. <laughs> or, or Tamari Katspire, what's he up to at the moment? We know where he is or <laughs> he not? He's a manager. He was over in is he Cyprus. He's managing somewhere. Yeah, he was in Cyprus last time. Yeah. Cyprus, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him in. Laurent Robert, where's he these days? You know, we could get him all back, couldn't <laughs> yeah. we? He's grown a beard and he's, he's smoking cigars and drinking wine in Provence, I think. I've seen a couple of pictures of him. <laughs> uh, just one thing I want to pick up on, Vgamish, which is the which is the hope. I mean, I've I've been uh, uh, not amazed because it's a great story. I love the story, but you know the fact that the the fan the number of fans around the ground as soon as the announcement came out. I think they're probably still there now as well by the judgment <laughs> judging of some of the pictures coming out of there. The hope. The, uh, the 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 positivity, the optimism. I mean, it is second to that. I can't think of another team or another club no. that could generate that. And, and we get accused of being deluded and being demanding, and yet we won nothing since 1969 in the city's first cup. We won nothing domestically since 1955, our last FA Cup. What we want is to a team that tries and a team that cares and cares as much as we do, and that's what we live on. The hope. The hope that we can go up against the great and good and bloody their noses. Beating Barcelona 3-2, beating Juventus 1-0. We've done it all. You know, put it in this perspective with Spurs, there was a time not so long ago where Shola Amiobi had more Champions League goals than Spurs did. <laughs> We've been there. We've seen it. And we just want to see it again and have that hope. And that out of that hope, one day, something mad might happen. If what you saw last night... If we win a league cup, it'll be bigger than that. Yeah, That's a league cup, not a title, not an FA cup, a league cup. If we win a league cup, that's what it would be like in then some.
You'll probably not see me for a fortnight. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we will see you because, listen, if you do get a sniff uh, of a winter training camp down in Jeddah or Riyadh or, of course, a bit of pre-season training for the boys as well, do let us know because I think we're getting we'll a little bit of a tour down there. Will do. Which always good to catch up with you. Uh, all the best. Uh, thanks so much indeed. Listen, a quick reminder. I mean, uh, you're no longer the chairman. You're former chairman uh, of the Supporters Club and, of course, uh, a close associate with the club as well. Um, again, mm. this might make uh, make for more fans here in the region. Uh, this might make for a growth in the interest here in the UAE and across the region as a whole. How do people get in touch with the club? Uh, with the... Well, just contact me directly. With uh, You can usually find us on Twitter, at Geordie Dentist. Interestingly, I've, I've gained about 500 followers overnight from Saudi. <laughs> it's <Absolutely>. bizarre. <laughs> I love and that's that. the easiest way to get hold of us. And if Tails wants to come down and join, we'll pass my number on to him, Chris, and we'll do that. we can get him along and off. We'll do that. I'll set the Soccer Academy up. <laughs> of course you bloody will you're already in my mind mate you're already in my mind uh, Neil really appreciate your time this morning Neil Mitchell uh, joining us live cheers Mitch thanks so much indeed for being with us Neil Mitchell is the ex-chairman of the Newcastle United Supporters Trust so we've heard the thoughts of Stephen Taylor and Neil Mitchell what then of another former magpie in the shape of Lee Clark now I caught up with him just an hour or so before the deal was ratified Lee gives us his thoughts on where the club need to go whether Steve Bruce has a future and who should replace him if he does indeed go first though Lee's thoughts on that imminent takeover Ah, uh, the Jory Nation's uh, buzzing you know in the last 12 hours when the news broke last night and then we've had updates uh, all throughout today and this evening that the deal is near in completion it's uh, it's an end of a turbulent horrible time for the club and there's so much hope now there's so much to look forward to and that's that's all the fans wanted. They wanted a little bit of hope. They wanted a little bit of, you know, excitement, potential and uh, ambition. And, uh, you know, the new ownership seem as if they're going to deliver that. And um, it, it's a fantastic uh, time for the for the supporters. The most important people at the club, the most important people in any football club, but Newcastle United more so because 52,000 you know, watching a club that had only the ambitions of finishing above the relegation zone, 52,000 when they got relegated twice back to the championship. The only thing big about Newcastle in the last 14 years has been the support and the, the size of the support. So hopefully the club can get big again on and off the field. Yeah, very well said, Lee. I mean, you know the Toon Army better than most, for goodness sake. You're still a cult hero up there in the northeast. I mean, you've said it there, ambition. What is it that Newcastle United fans really want, Lee? Is it trophies? And I'm sure coming with the huge budget that the Saudi Public Investment Fund have, trophies will inevitably follow. But it's enjoyment, it's good football on the park, it's ambition, right? It's, it's hope, Chris. It's a connection with its football club. They have supported the football club through thick and thin. The football club hasn't supported them. It hasn't backed them. It hasn't looked after them. It's, 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 it's treated them like second-class citizens. Now they can get a connection with the owners. There can be a relationship between the owners and the supporters, which is the biggest relationship you can have and the most important and that's, again, it's, it's going to be that. It's going to be the fans on a match day uh, enjoying their pre-match pint or their pre-match meal with their family and their friends with, a, with enjoyment, with hope that they're going to be seeing the team develop, 
the stadium get improved, get a bit of TLC, which it needs, the infrastructure, the football club, get just total reinvestment to get improved like it should and brought up in the 21st century. And that excitement's back. You know, the fans, yes, you're going to start getting these stories now that all of a sudden Newcastle United's in for Kylian Mbappe and, and this, that and the other, the world-class superstars that these people can afford. But, you know, this new consortium, these, these new owners, they're going to take it slowly. They've been on record to say they're going to be gradual. And they're right. The club needs, the whole club from top to bottom needs change. The philosophy, the mentality, um, the infrastructure. So it's a big job. It's not going to happen overnight. Your Castle fans aren't expecting that. But what they've now got, Chris, they've got hope. They've got ambition. They've got excitement. They've got that, they've got that club back. Yeah. Absolutely, Lee, and I hear that. I can hear the passion in your voice. Now, I will name names here. A lot of people in the media have defended Mike Ashley, namely Richard Keyes and Andy Gray for being sports over in these parts. I think of Carlton Cole recently on TalkSport over there in the UK. He came in for dogs abuse. Can you make a case to say that Mike Ashley has done a blooming good job at Newcastle United? Not as a football owner. 100% not. As a businessman, yeah. But do you get into do you get into football to be a businessman? Do you get into the Premier League to be a businessman? Are, are, are fans bothered about balance sheets? Are they bothered about what the debt is? No, they want to see a product on the pitch. It's entertainment. They pay good money. They pay the hard-earned money here in Newcastle. Well, every year in the country, people work hard to afford. It's not cheap to go and watch Premier League football, but they pay that money, and they want to see. You know, they want to have a bit of ambition. They don't want to just have. Oh, we're happy to finish 17th. Um, you know, um, we're not really bothered about the cup competitions. Uh, the infrastructure of the football club's not important because we're going to use all the uh, spare cash to to pay for um, to pay for the players. No, you've got to do everything. You've got to bring your training facilities up to the 21st century. Yeah. You've got to have ambition. You've got to have. You know, go for the best young players around the country, around Europe. You know, academies aren't just about local boys anymore. They're about the best in the in, in the UK. They're about the best in the world. And Newcastle have to start doing that now. You know, this is these things will be happening. Now, this we, is the thing that everyone's crying out for. The last time we caught up with you, you always speak... You know, with, with, as I say, with real passion, you're a knowledgeable man when it comes to football as well. And we'll move in to your kind of managerial and where you're at on your managerial career in just a few moments. But the last time we spoke to you, you said, hey, listen, Steve Bruce deserves an opportunity. A lot's been said and written about Steve Bruce in the last few months. I think it's fair to say the majority of Newcastle fans want to see the back of him. Where do you stand on Steve? Where does his future, if this takeover is completed and we expect it to be completed, Completed, as I say, in the next couple of days, where on earth does that man go from here? In all honesty, I think Steve's time's up. I think the relationship between him and the fans is at an all-time low. And when I say about you know Mike Ashley leaving and the and the atmosphere, the stadium changing, I think the new owners will not want that being affected by Steve continuing to be the manager in the relationship. Um, I, I, I believe the relationship between Steve and the fans is untenable now. They, they want a they want a new manager, um, and I think the new owners won't be spending this amount of money without any plans in that scenario in terms of a new management team. 
Um, you know, they might be going for new management all over the club, in the academy, etc., etc. New coaching methods, new identity. They may go for a sporting director, a director of football. Who knows? But they, they will have huge plans, I've got no doubt. Um, and I think, unfortunately for Steve, um, I think with the new owners coming in, his time his time is up in the football club. I think there'll be a new manager in, in the dugout in the non-too-distant future. A few managers are currently available, Lee. I think of Antonio Conte. I think of, hey, I'm going to say it, Zinedine Zidane. At the other end of the scale, with the greatest of respects, there's someone like Eddie Howe, who's done a wonderful, or did a wonderful job with Bournemouth, the brand of football, bringing through young British talent. Okay, at a premium. It's not as if he was bringing them through the academy. He was going out, he was cherry-picking, but he still did a good job at Bournemouth. I mean, are those the kind of names, Lee, are, are Newcastle now, and again, we're speculating, until this deal is done, until we hear from the prospective new owners, we're second guessing oneself. But is it now the very best in the business that will be attracted to Newcastle United? I hope so. I think so. I think if these managers are aware that it's going to be the project, it's going to be time, and they'll be happy. I think managers, you know, in today's game, understand that we don't get a lot of time. But I think this could, you know, the next incumbent of the hot seat at Newcastle could be given plenty of time and to, to build a squad, to build a club, uh, to, to eventually be challenging at uh, the right end of the Premier League, to be potentially winning cups, uh, domestic cups, to, to try and get the club back into the European stage. For me, um, the names that have been bandied about, I mean, Eddie Howe, great young manager who's, you know, got a great, uh, you know, back in of development players but for me I, I would go for an Antonio Conte or Roberto I kind of believe I, I've never seen his name so far <laughs> in the odds but Roberto Mancini Ooh. why I say uh, uh, the, the reasons I'll give you those two Roberto Mancini is shown he can handle powerful backers yeah. backers with big demands with, with the, what he done at Manchester City he can handle superstar players with what he dealt with at Manchester City and most importantly, he can deliver the big trophies that will eventually, whoever's in there in a few years down the line, those demands will be on that manager. That's it won't be now, but it will be going forward. Antonio Conti, and also with Mancini, he's took Italy, he's just done a yeah. fantastic job with Italy. Last night I watched a game against Spain, unfortunately that massive unbeaten run come to an end. But he's done a brilliant job with them. He changed their mentality. He changed, you know, that team wasn't being successful before he got over. So he's got a history of that. Antonio Conte is a serial winner, wherever he's been. Whichever club he's been at, he's delivered. You know, look at the turmoil in the Milan are in now. So what he done there last season, you know, what he done there tells you even more what a brilliant job he done. One Look at the job, look at what he got out of Romelu Lukaku. Yeah. There's other managers, Roberto Martinez, and he won the FA Cup with Wigan, but got relegated in the same season. Has he really delivered with probably the best group of international players about at this moment in time when you bring them all together in terms of the Belgian? Probably not. Yeah, okay. So for me, the two standout, the two standout candidates for me at this moment in time, Antonio Conte and Roberto Mancini. Wow. Now they've, they've, they've managed at the top of the tree. It's amazing. Are they that. ready to then? Are they ready to come in now, knowing that it may be two, three years down the line before the club can be competitive at the level they're used to being, top of top of championships, uh, to be competing in the in the 
you know, the, the later stages of the Champions League. Because, so as we said, it, it's going to, you know, because it's all right having this, the wealthiest owners in football and being the wealthiest football club in the world. But ultimately, you've got to get the players to deliver what your expectations are. And at this moment in time, the top players doing senior Castle United is a viable option for them. They want to be competing at the very highest level of club mm. football, which is the Champions League. They want to be getting the Champions League finals and winning the Champions League and winning that domestic leagues. So at this moment in time, from where Newcastle are now, to get to that level, it might take a couple of years, it might take a few transfer windows, it might take the club making the jump from just beating relegation to getting to mid-table, then getting mid-table to getting the top eight, to get maybe the Europa League, and then can they progress on the Europa League qualifications to cha- then try and, you know, crush the big the big top four clubs it's exciting that's going to be the process you know and I think the process that's the process of the owners that's what they're talking about you know you've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast to enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts <laughs>